Hi, hello, and welcome to the Body I Love You podcast, or maybe you're catching me live in this week's Billy Live Friday. Either way, I'm so grateful and I feel so fortunate and honored that you found my voice today. My name is Sydney Robolata, and I'm the co creator of Body I Love You which is not only a very loving, beautiful healing community, but it is a six-week intimate group virtual course that literally teaches you how to love yourself. And not in like a toxic, positive way, which I think is really cool and different, um, in a way that's like genuinely healing and we're like talking about the real shit. You know what I mean? We're, we're talking about so much of what I talk about here on this podcast, so much of what goes on behind the scenes when it comes to how we develop, develop our body image. And today I am bringing a topic that definitely pertains to how we view ourselves and our bodies and our self-worth, okay? And that topic is the scale and your body, that little bathroom scale that's like your biggest bully, Um, truly, truly a potent gaslighter in your life. We're going to talk about that little guy today, okay? Um, This is, I feel so, you can tell by my obsessive attitude that I feel very passionately about this topic. Um, And I like to say that I am 50% passion, 50% rage, because that's just currently what's true for me in my season of life. And it's because, you guys, I do this work, and I love this work, and the more I do this work, the more questions that I have, and the more answers that I seek, and the more answers that I seek, the the angrier I get. And, uh, you know, that might just be a me thing. I'm I'm (laughs) processing anger and experiencing anger in in new different ways since I cut alcohol out of my life. So so that's certainly part of it as well. But injustice enrages me. And I, I truly feel like this topic is an injustice because it is something that I have bought into for decades of my life. And it is something I'm quite confident you can also say you've bought into for decades of your life. And it is that weight is the primary indicator of your health in your life. And that the number on the scale determines your health and how desirable you are and whether or not you are allowed to wear crop tops and whether or not you're allowed to order dessert and whether or not, you know, you're allowed to um, eat, uh, eat food. I want to first kind of step into truly vocalizing the drama of the scale because so much of this stuff goes on when we're alone so much of this goes on in our brains like it's not actually something that we really talk about with our friends too much it's not really something that we talk about you know socially or societally and I want to say it out loud because as so much of this stuff when you hear it you hear that it's bad or you you hear that it's not healthy. Uh, you hear that it's it's probably not not the thing, not the way to go. So I want to talk about my experience and just experiences that I've noticed um, over time, just being surrounded by humans and women uh, my whole life, who definitely really care about their their weight. Um, and again, myself included, I used to weigh myself every single day. 
And it was always an anxiety-inducing thing. I've, I've never in my life been, like, excited to step on the scale. It's always been, like, a fuck type situation. And I would literally, and I know so many other women who, since I started, you know, kind of opening up about this stuff, have shared the same things. But you'll step on the scale to kind of see where you're at. Maybe you're like two weeks into um, kind of like changing around your eating habits. So you feel that the scale owes you something. You feel that the scale, like it it would be fucked up and rude for the scale to show you numbers that, um, that don't complement the fact that you have been restricting your eating for the past two weeks. So... You either, you know, we like, we either see a number that's going down and it's not enough. It's so seldom enough, you guys. Or we see a number that's going down and we like use that as motivation, that that's like a good thing. Or sometimes we see that the number's not going down, in which case that has been described as maddening. Sometimes, depending on what your body's going through, the number goes up because maybe it's, it's uh, you know, confused and, and trying to adapt to your new lifestyle in an intense way. So usually when I would step on the scale, I would not like the number that I saw, in which case I would then take all my clothes off. Um, Eventually I got to the point where I would like take my jewelry off and I would even try to like force myself uh, to like take a shit, to, to really like poop out those, those extra pounds. And we're like doing this weird game playing with the scale And let me ask you this, folks. Have you ever hopped into a job interview and they're asking like, yeah, what's your name? You know, what's what's your what's your past occupations, all that stuff. By the way, how much do you weigh? Nope, that's never happened. Be illegal if it did. Have you ever been on a first date and somebody's asking you, hey, by the way, what's the number on the scale say for you? What did it say this morning? Nope, that would be insane. That would be wild behavior. Even friendships. Have you ever met a new friend and she's like, hey, before we really, you know, like get deep into this friendship, how much do you weigh, by the way? Um, Nope, that's never happened either because nobody cares. And I just really, I, you know, so many people are going to hear that and they're going to be like, well, I care. Yes. And so much of the reason why you care is because you have been taught and trained that people care, that it is something that people care about, that it is literally dependent on your value as a human being. So when I say nobody, it's, it's, it's not information that anybody's focused on. It's not information that anyone is even curious about. This is literally an intense dilemma that you experience day after day that only exists in your brain. Doesn't that kind of fuck you up to hear that a little bit? Like it's literally, I would describe the relationship that I had the scale as like abusive. It was abusive and weird and manipulative. And I so often would step off the scale and hate, like truly be mortified by the number that I saw. And I would set intense restrictions on myself depending on what the number said. It would, if the If the number was going down, it would mean like, Oh my God, there's, there's so many different scenarios. Okay. So if I'm working on 
my eating, if I'm like two weeks into like a fad new diet or whatever, and the number goes down because of the fact that I have been intensely restricting myself for the past two weeks, all of a sudden the, the gratification of that number going down triggers something in my brain that's like, uh, last, finally, I deserve a treat. Give me something. In which case a treat for me would turn into way overeating on something and my body just feeling like shit. And then I would relate to myself as off the wagon. And then I would just you know, be compulsively overeating myself into literal pain and needing to stay horizontal on the couch. Um, if let's say I wasn't focusing on my diet in an intentional way and I've just kind of been, you know, like kicking it with pizza and I don't know, whatever, whatever the thing is. And let's say I look on the scale and the number's lower than I expected. Then I convince my brain like, oh my God, it finally happened. I'm one of those girls that can just eat pizza and tacos all the time and I'm losing weight. My metabolism is speeding up as I'm having this thought. Fucking finally, I've been waiting for this shit to happen. And then I'll go hard on pizza and ice cream. Tacos aren't really my thing. They're great. But it's, you know, I live in San Diego. People just, they really shit themselves for tacos over here. My thing is like, ice. I, I love ice cream and I would eat like a full large pizza and like, um, you know, a majority for sure of a carton of ice cream just by myself in a single night. And I, I would feel terrible and I would feel mentally terrible, but physically I would feel awful because there was like this, again, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I used to be a compulsive overeater. I would compulsively eat myself into pain because I am all of a sudden convincing myself that like, ha ha, yay, I'm allowed to eat like this now. Like I can afford to eat like this now simply because the scale just like showed me a number, a number that can reflect so many things, by the way, stress can affect how much you weigh, water can affect how much you weigh, the gravitational pull of the moon. I don't know. I don't know that last one. I actually just made that up, but I feel like that's a thing, right? I don't know. It it impacts the 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 world's tides. I would imagine that it has impact on us for sure. That certainly makes sense to me, but I'm not a scientist. Please don't quote me on that one. But if the number is going down again, it's, you know, I'm, I'm either way I'm engaging in behavior that doesn't feel good for me or my body. Or again, if, if that number is going up, then I'm all of a sudden like deciding to, okay, well, I guess I can't eat for the rest of the day. Like literally mortified punishment of like, I cannot believe you weigh this much. You do not deserve to eat. You are out of control. Also, that's another narrative that so many people have that like they weigh themselves to keep themselves in control or like in line or like on track that like without the scale without the accountability of the scale they would really just go off the rails um i've heard it so many times and i used to feel that exact same way myself and we are going to debunk that thought today so buckle up for that First, I want to get into so much of why the scale is as important to us as it is. Um, And a huge portion of that, at least this was my experience, was BMI, body mass index. You're familiar with the thing. It takes your height and your weight, and it's this little equation that tells you if you are of normal weight, overweight, obese, um, or underweight. And... I just really need to hop into the history, a brief history of BMI, because it's, 
it makes me laugh and it makes me cry because BMI was literally, you guys, never designed to measure health. That was never its intention. That was never its design. It wasn't even created by a doctor or anyone in in health or nutrition or anything like that. It was designed by a statistician whose job was to go around taking stats. Stats of things. And a vast majority of the people that he would um, use as models for BMI were middle-aged European males. Um, Which is not an accurate depiction of all bodies. Women's bodies are wildly different from men's bodies. So why in the fuck would we use the same scale? Also, different bodies in different cultures are different in the way that we carry weight and hold weight and hold muscle and the the foods that are good for our bodies and and make us whatever. Our bodies are so different from one another. So it actually is insane that we all are using a singular equation to work through that because they're so different. Also, again, let me reiterate, it was never designed. That was never the equation's design was to measure health. Yet we still use it today. Doctor's offices still use it today. When you go in for a, you know, physical exam for your job to determine like healthcare and shit, that BMI is on there. They are taking that into consideration. And you guys, (coughs) excuse me, it feels like just a, a long giant game of telephone that nobody stopped in decades and decades and decades and said like, hey, hold on, this, this actually, uh, isn't a thing or this isn't real or this isn't accurate for a vast majority of the people. So like, what are we doing with it? We just, we just keep doing it. I have specific beef with the BMI because for a very long time, um, probably close to a decade, I would look to the BMI scale to see what I was allowed to weigh. For as long as I have known what the BMI scale is, I have either bracketed in the overweight or the obese category. That's always been where I'm at. And when I was at a point where I was in the overweight close to obese category, I cried about it, folks, okay? I shed tears over a made-up thing. I made it mean so much about myself. I made it mean everything about what I was and wasn't allowed to eat, what I was and wasn't allowed to wear. I've been trained by the society that we live in that being obese is unacceptable and mortifying and wildly unhealthy. And I literally in that moment hated my body for being obese. And that's another thing to consider as well. Did you know that our only measurement of obesity, like the only definition we have of obesity is rooted in BMI? Like we actually don't have a specific definition of what it means to be obese, which is fucking insane. Like, are we not? I don't understand how we're not talking about that. Also, we sometime in the late 90s, I believe, just decided to move the numbers on the BMI brackets. We just moved them so that people who were previously considered 
overweight were moved into the obese category. People who were considered normal were moved into over. You guys, we literally just moved the numbers. And then media has the audacity to claim that we are going through an obesity crisis in this country because they moved the numbers that they made up in the first place and convinced us is the thing that we all need to abide by. Do you hear the injustice in that? Do you hear how fucking insane that is? So yeah, I'm maddened. I am maddened. That is maddening behavior. That is absolutely fucking insane to me. They also, oh my God, Leah Horton, Billy's on Leah Horton, um, just told me very recently that there are so many new studies coming out that when it comes to where people rank on the BMI scale, our, our judgment or what we kind of like take away from the BMI scale is that if you are overweight or obese, that is bad for health and inherently kind of like life longevity is what we look at. And that being, um, and this is totally just my interpretation of things. This doesn't need to be everyone's interpretation, but I kind of had it that if you were normal size or underweight, that was considered like healthier. And that probably just comes from me, you know, being a 90s chick growing up in like heroin chic body trends and just assuming that like skinny is the way to go. So there are so many new studies that have come out that when it comes to life longevity, people who are overweight and people in the obese category were literally outliving people in the underweight and even so many people in the normal weight category, which flips on its head so much of what we have been taught to believe about how health is correlated to how much you weigh. And like, I actually want to normalize how like, I almost feel like dizzy when I talk about this stuff. Cause it's like, uh, we're, we're learning that so much of what we have set our value on and so much of what we've known to be true is just literal made up bullshit. That's dysregulating. That's like, it's, it, it, I don't know. You just kind of like leave your house and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, what is real? Like, I just, I fully understand the kind of like how disturbing this information can be and how it can kind of like be unsettling and rub you the wrong way because it has you question like, oh my gosh, like how much of what I live my life by and what I know to be true is actually just made up stuff. And so much of how we judge our bodies is made up shit which makes sense, you guys, because the diet and weight loss industry is, what, a, isn't it $73 billion annually? It's, uh, it's when we are constantly being told that we need to lose weight, there are so many people that are getting so wealthy off of our insecurities. So it makes sense why we were manipulated into this in such a capitalistic society. Our weight is not an accurate depiction of our health. And I'll say that as many times as you need me to, because I know that it goes against a lifetime of what you were told to believe. But our weight is not an accurate depiction of our health. As a matter of fact, when we focus purely on weight loss, it often distracts us from our bodies and our health. When I was so intense and focused on losing weight, 
I was arguably, um, you know, doing some of the most unhealthy behavior when it came to how I was like treating and feeling my body. So not only was it unhealthy for my body, but you better believe how strictly I was restricting myself and how much shame I had towards any form of like cheat meal or anything that was like out of my plan was so wildly unhealthy mentally that I, it, I, it fucked me up. You guys, like it, it fucked my brain up when it came to how I look at my body. So many of these patterns are so unhealthy. And again, it makes us so disconnected from our bodies. Also, here's a cold, hard truth that you might need to replay a couple of times. We are not all meant to live in thin bodies. Have you ever thought about that? Like when we think about how different anyone's body is, different, again, different cultures, men's bodies versus women's bodies versus anybody's body, we are not all meant to live in thin bodies. Science is actually telling us that fat is a good thing for us. It, it, it adds to endurance. It keeps us warm. It keeps us energetic. And we, are not, we don't owe it to anyone to be thin. Yet we have been taught that thinness is the absolute goal. And that if you are not thin, God forbid, if you are a fat person, you are inherently unhealthy and toxic and promoting uh, harmful information. And we're just learning more and more that this is just not true. The body actually really appreciates homeostasis, meaning that your body craves to to be in a same or a similar place. So when we're doing all of this yo-yo dieting, losing weight and then gaining it back, that has lasting negative effects on your body. And when we look at diet culture, because a vast majority you know, of the people who are dieting. Their goal is to lose weight. A vast majority of people who do, and you guys, I'm talking to like the 90 percentile who do lose weight while dieting will gain that weight back in one to two years. And a vast majority of those 90 percenters, I want to say this is maybe like in the 50 percents or something, about 50 percent of those people who gain back weight after losing it will actually gain back more weight than they lost in the first place. And I just want you to, through the lens of empathy, look at how confusing and difficult that must be for your body to be constantly restricted and starved and and engaging in conflicting and toxic and confusing behavior to lose weight. And then all of a sudden, usually, you know, gorging yourself or just going so far in the other direction because again you feel so disconnected with your body and what it actually wants think about how confusing and like physically difficult that is for your body to be constantly going through that battle god i just have it's it literally reminds me of like a little kid that grows up and like has to move every year (laughs) because their parents like aren't stable it it's 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 confusing and it, it is life altering. The body appreciates homeostasis. So I want you to, going back to this comment of the scale keeps me in line or the scale that keeps me on track. Um, again, we're going to debunk that. 
So when it comes to keeping you in line or keeping you in track, there is still a focus on weight in that conversation. And all I want to do is ask why weight is the focus of the conversation versus focusing on things like, I want to sleep better at night, or I'm, I'm usually rocking like a six out of 10 on the energy scale. And I'd love to be a consistent eight or nine. Just curious why that is or like, why is it always the weight that we're focusing on when it comes to focusing on our health and that the scale gets to be the measurement of what quote unquote keeps us in line. I, I, I want to point to even just the context of that comment. It really points to this, this idea that you are this like uncontrollable Tasmanian devil that like can't be trusted with food and pleasure. And I just really want to encourage you to give yourself a bit more credit than that. And you guys, I know and I understand that so many people resonate with having some form of food addiction or addiction to sugar, addiction to carbs. I was in a 12-step program for Overeaters Anonymous for a while before I discovered this work. And I don't want to belittle that in any way of like, have you considered you don't have that problem? (laughs) That's not at all what I'm trying to say. And I know so many people land on different places on this scale. Um, And it's such a, a personal conversation to be having. In this conversation, I am speaking to the masses, people who have been trained that they are this out of control thing and that it is your job to lose weight, to be thin or at least thinner. So many of us are chasing our high school weight. Do you know how unnatural and weird that is? To in your 50s be craving to weigh the same that you did when you were 17 years old, when your entire body and hormones were wildly different. Do you guys hear how that's fucking weird? So when we say keeping you in line, the invitation is to give you credit. That. First of all, when we step into these ideas about ourselves and we breathe more life into them, we're actually inviting them deeper and deeper into the party. (laughs) I actually want to give a hilarious micro example that has nothing to do with bodies really quick. This is just something funny that happened to me yesterday that I want to share. I, um, I was driving a lot yesterday and I saw on my way to where I was going, I saw this car. Um, that had a huge sticker on her back window and it said in huge capital letters, running late. And the the driver of this car was a frantic driver, such an annoying driver. I was getting so annoyed watching this chick drive. And she was like racing through people and cutting through people. And I remember there was an off ramp and there was a huge line to get in this off ramp. And she she fully could have like she saw the line. She could have gotten in the line. And she was one of those fuckers that sped up and um, totally weasels their way into like the front of the line. And I was just thinking like. What a self-fulfilling prophecy this girl's created for herself. Like she's she's someone who noticed a pattern of her being late for one of, I don't know, millions of reasons. And rather than actually getting curious about what that is and her relationship with time and her relationship with respecting her own time and other people's time and, and you know, what has her sabotaging in that way, she has just really tried on, she's, she's just really put on the identity that she is someone who is always running late. So it lets her off the hook of being someone who's on time. It justifies her crazy driving. In her mind, it justifies her being a fucking asshole driver. 
And that that's just so interesting to me. And then on my way home from the same location, I saw this car. What did it say? Oh my God, I wish I took a picture of it. It was so funny because it, it literally looked like the same sticker in terms that it was like uh, plastered against the entire like back window of the car and it was all white capital letters and it said something along the lines of like, it wasn't this, but it said like, be easy or like something about just like being like slow and steady. And that's exactly how this person drove. I remember, and we were like in traffic on the way home and I remember just kind of noticing this person. I'm like, LOL, that's funny. I just saw someone who was driving like a lunatic. Let me, let me see how this be easy or like steady as she goes, uh, person drives their car. And that's exactly how she drove her car. Steady, calm. There was nothing frantic about her. She was like chilling in the traffic. She like wasn't angry or upset. She was just like vibing out to music. She's not cutting people off. She's not like, you know, trying to, trying her hardest to like get off the freeway. Like this, this girl was steady as she goes. And again, I just thought that was so easy of like, whoa, that's another identity that this person has just adopted. And because of that, they are just, they, they do this thing. They, they just are that way. So the reason why that ties into what we were talking about in terms of like keeping you in line or keeping you on track, if you are relating to yourself as someone who is uncontrollable around food, you will create that prophecy for yourself. If you are someone who is totally convinced that you are somebody who like cannot not diet because it would be so bad for your health and well-being, you are living that truth. You are therefore making that true for yourself. So I want you to consider what it would look like to try on a different identity. Like what identity do you actually want to have in your life? That's not the one that feels like, oh, this would do it, or this is the firm, tough, hard one. I want to be someone who has all the impulse control in the world or all the self-control in the world. Please don't do that. That's, that's, that's not the side of the coin that we're looking at here. I want it to be something that feels like fun, like tingly fun. And like, wait, I'm allowed to say that kind of fun. Like something like genuinely empowering for you, something that excites you, something that makes you feel a little giddy. Who do you want to be when it comes to your body? Who do you want to be when it comes to food? Who do you want to be when it comes to how you fuel your body? I want to be someone who's so wildly in line with my body that I literally start like talking to my body because we have that type of a relationship, like out loud, like in the bathroom, in the gym. I'm just like, okay, sis, I hear you. (laughs) And you guys, I do that now. Like my stomach will be growling and I'll be like, I got you, sis. Let's, let's head to the kitchen. Like I will literally talk to my body because she's talking to me and I'm acknowledging her back. And that's fucking adorable. And nobody can tell me otherwise. And that makes me giddy. And that is super empowering. I have this like silent relationship with myself that nobody gets to get in on. I just, it's it's for me and only me. Like I can literally hear this entity and the and the things that she's telling me and nobody else can. And I can like meet her needs. It's just, it's so, it's so cute. It's, oh my God, I got my dog, or actually my dog for Christmas got some of those talking buttons. <laughs> if you if you haven't heard of um, talking dog buttons, do yourself a favor. <laughs> look it up on social media or look it up on YouTube. It's literally, dogs are like learning how to talk and it's 
crazy. But even those buttons, like even when Lucy is hungry and she presses the hungry button, there's something so satisfying of like, you know how to communicate with me. And that is so cute and cool. And I'm so excited to feed you right now. It's literally, it's literally the same vibe. It literally is that cute to me. That is an identity that I would much rather capture. I also want you to consider, and this might sound a bit harsh, but I'm saying it because I love you. If this thought mentality is your current mentality of like, I need the scale in my life to keep me on track. I just really want you to consider that you are likely disconnected from your body because in that statement, we are saying that the scale is what is measuring where you're at, that you actually trust the scale more than you trust your own body in terms of like what your body actually needs. That's that's another kind of disconnect that I notice so many people have is is when, you know, if somebody were to take on the dare of like, hey, so you're not allowed to weigh yourself for 30 days or throw your scale out or whatever. We automatically, uh, you know, go to like, oh, my God, I would just be eating nonstop. And I, I just I would have to like roll myself out of the room is <laughs> something that I hear so many people say. And um, the the challenge here is throwing away the scale in service of reconnecting to your body so that rather than focusing on some random three digit number that a little piece of machinery in our bathroom is yelling at us, what would it look like to actually listen to your body in terms of like, oh, my body's hungry. I will feel it. Oh, wow. I noticed my body is satiated. I will stop eating. Wow. I noticed my body is satiated, but eating still sounds fun and it's making me feel good. I'm going to eat a little bit more. Or oof, broccoli gives me gas. <laughs> I, I might stay away from that if I don't feel like being bloated. Or like, ooh, this pizza place makes me feel terrible, but this pizza place with fresher ingredients makes me feel pretty good. Good to know. Like when we're throwing away the scale, we're not like throwing out everything that you are focusing on when it comes to your body. We are throwing away kind of like the the surface level arbitrary false measurement that you've been using for such a long time. And we're we're, we're hearing it from the horse's mouth. Like we're, at, we're actually talking to ourselves and asking our body what feels good, what doesn't feel good. Literally like a scientist, you guys, like a science experiment. So if this is your current mentality, you are likely disconnected from your body and the hundreds of messages that your body is sending you throughout the day. Yes, you. Yes, today. Yes, right now. Pause for a second, and I just want to ask you uh, to maybe like close your eyes if if you want to pause me for a second, please do so. Um, close your eyes, and I want you to just sit and ponder for a moment. Your body's trying to tell you something right now, and it could be um, literally millions of things. If your body could or is telling you something right now, I just want you to think like, what would that thing be? Do you notice your throat's a little dry? Your body's telling you she's thirsty. Does that, does that hip hurt a little bit still? What's your body telling you there? Do you feel like foggy today mentally? What's your body telling you there? Do you feel like you're really like hunched over in your posture right now? What's your body telling you there? How does your stomach feel? Do you feel bloated? Do you feel not bloated? What's your body trying to tell you there? How hungry are you? If you're not hungry, how satiated are you? Your body is telling you a million things right now. The the scale is nothing but <clears throat> just bullshit background noise. 
it's not the actual thing. It's not actually telling us what we want to know if we're genuinely focused on health. We're so used to lowering that volume and just kind of shutting our bodies up because it's easier to take a pill or focus on a surface level thing than it is to like actually confront ourselves and like truly be with ourselves and ask ourselves what we need. That is what eliminating the scale from your regime looks like. So consider that the scale is not keeping you on track. Consider that continuing to focus on the scale is digging you deeper and deeper and deeper into any sort of validity that you can find around diet culture. And it is keeping you in that yo-yo dieting stage. It is keeping you in that consistent weight loss, weight gain, sprinkled all throughout with devastating shame spirals. That is what's actually happening. Your weight is not an accurate depiction of your health. And who the fuck am I? You know, I'm just a life coach. If you want to research this stuff and so much of the new research that is coming out, um, and also looking at who's funding that research is, is a valuable thing to do. There's so much information out there that is debunking so much of what we've been taught to believe about health and weight and dieting. So again, when it comes to eliminating the scale from your process, we aren't saying, fuck it, let's, let's drown myself in sugar every single day. Who gives a fuck? You know, first of all, if that feels like joy to you and if that feels like fun and if that feels like a fuck yeah to you, hell yeah. Go for it, sis. Definitely. Love that for you. But if that's not what you're committed to, I want you to consider other valuable indicators of health. And first of all, I think before we have this conversation, it's important to have a conversation about like what the actual goal is. I may have said this before. I know I've created posts around this before, but this actually reminds me of something. If you are somebody, you know, it's January. It's the beginning of the year. Um, so many people are hiring personal trainers and, you know, all the things, nutritionists, whatever. Um, so usually in those situations, it's kind of like an even unspoken thing. Like weight loss is the goal. Like the question is like, all right, how much weight do you want to lose? And I want to grant you the permission to uh, interview your personal trainer before the hire. I did this and it's, oh my God, you guys. I remember I grew up, my mom had a personal trainer that was really toxic and he was so um, cutthroat and just black and white with his beliefs around health. He had a strong background in like bodybuilding and stuff and just like really unhealthy things. Like growing up, that's what I saw a, a personal trainer was. So I met a personal trainer in my networking group. His name is Ernest Jones. Please look him up. Um, he's in the San Diego area, but he does virtual stuff as well. So he's he can support you from, from all over the country. Um, I, I love his stuff. He's great. So I actually wanted to interview him before agreeing to hire him because of so much of, this was years ago, but because of all the information that I just knew to be true and how weight loss was no longer a focus of mine. So um, I went into, and you guys, quite frankly, it wasn't even necessarily an interview. I kind of was just sitting in there and I, I 
laid out what I call my conditions of satisfaction within that relationship. What conditions need to be met for me to be satisfied with this relationship and with this exchange. So I said, I would love to work with you because I would love to get physically stronger. I want more energy and I want to be more flexible. All of those things sound genuinely exciting to me. What I'm unwilling to do is weigh myself take before and or after pictures of my body. Um, And I will not be keeping a food journal of any kind. Um, Are you willing to work with me on that? And you guys, there's so many trainers that would be like, no, you're fucking insane. That's not a thing. In which case, cool. Uh, You're not the trainer for me. So good thing there's one million other ones that I can have conversations with. Lucky for me, Ernest was game. And um, I actually learned through that process that he he actually tends to not focus uh, specifically on weight when it comes to working with his clients, which is so cool and just like not a thing that you hear very often. So I say that story to show what other goals of yours could be. Like what's actually a goal of yours? Do you want to get from a seated position to a standing position without using your hands? Do you want more energy? Do you want a higher sex drive? Uh, Do you want better sleep, better quality sleep? Like what is a health goal of your, when it comes to being healthy, like we're instantly like, yeah, I'm just losing weight because I want to be a little healthier. Why? I want you to ask yourself that question. Why? What would that give you? What would that bring you? What are you actually looking forward to? And that's not like a condescending, like why? No, you don't. Like I'm genuinely asking you that question. Why? Do you want to live longer? Do you want to go on like gnarly hikes? Do you just like want to sleep better? Do you just want to like feel better in your body? Do you want to breathe easier? Do you want to run a marathon? What is your goal? Stop just correlating like, I just want to be healthy. What does that mean for you? What does that actually mean? What does that look like? If I were to watch you in a body that is healthy, what would I see? What would you want me to see? So step one is to determine what your actual goal is. Take weight out of the equation, take whatever quote unquote health means for you out of the equation and say the thing. What is it that you actually want? So if we're tossing the scale, if we're tossing the scale, this is, there's no pressure to this conversation, you guys. I get, I get how deep this stuff runs. But I just want to give you some options of some other things that you could look at if you're not focusing on your weight and the number on the scale. The first thing, again, could be energy levels. And how I would scale this is totally up to you and your brain. I'll tell you how I do it. If you like it, you can try it on for size. You can, you know, morph it around so that it fits you. Or maybe hopefully it will spark something in you that will work for you. But you can daily and or weekly, depending on you and your brain, um, measure on a scale of one to 10 where your energy level is at. I would, it's, For me, it's just genuinely interesting information to know daily where you scale on that because one day to the next could be totally different. And just like take it, just like a scientist taking inventory, it's just interesting to see what plays into that. On the days where you feel so tired, what were you doing and/or eating? How were you spending your time the day before that could have lent to that? Or like, what was your sleep like that night? Or like, if you are really energized, cool. What what foods are you eating and what are you doing and who are you hanging out with that you think contributes to that? 
it's very valuable information. Energy levels are something that do change wildly every single day, at least for me they do. Um, so measuring that is valuable. So like I said, on a scale of one to 10, and you can do this however you want, but I do it, 10 is so much energy and one is I'm literally asleep on the ground. Um, so like I said, weekly or every day, whatever works for you. Another valuable indicator of health is mental clarity. Um, how's that going? How, how, how mentally clear are you feeling? How with it do you feel? You know, what's, what's your, what's your memory like? And again, you guys, we're not going down these with the same shaming perspective that we have when it comes to looking at weight. We are looking at this through curiosity and we are making note of this stuff so that we can pick up on trends so that we can feel more connected with our body and its needs. And if there's anything alarming, we can come to our doctor with all the stats and the information. It's like, well, you see, I've been feeling mentally pretty unclear for this amount of time. These are my habits. These are my hobbies. What are we thinking? So mental clarity is a great one. Quality of sleep is a great indicator of health for so many people. Water, this is an, as I was writing this down, I was like, is this an indicator of health? I think I just feel so passionate to talk about water and the importance of water. And me from five years ago would think that that's such an annoying point. Um, because water's not going to fix all your problems, guys. It's not going to make you love yourself. But you process your emotions, your thoughts, your food, your everything differently when you are dehydrated versus when you are hydrated. That is just a, a fact of the world that I feel like we talk about all the time slash we don't talk about it enough. Water is so fucking important for human beings, you guys. It literally is the lubricant for everything to like make everything work. How much water are you drinking throughout the day? Is it enough? This is one of my favorite indicators. How sexy do you feel? How sexy do you feel on a scale of one to 10? This is another one you can rate every day. You can rate once a week, whatever works for you. But sex drive is an interesting indicator of where you're at in your health journey. How strong do you feel? And that can be measured in so many ways. Like if you're working with dumbbells, is that what you call them? I use them all the time. I, I don't even know what they're called. Uh, if you're like increasing weight on those, make note of that. That's that's so interesting. Or even sometimes like my body will feel like physically weaker, just like genuinely weaker, like standing up from the couch. Sometimes I don't even have to think about it. It's just something that happens and I do it easy as breathing. Other times it's like kind of a mission to get from sitting to standing. What I have noticed in taking serious inventory of this stuff for a little over two years of my life now, is that my energy levels and how strong I feel um, is heavily determined by my hormone levels. I, I, I'm, I cycle track and I cycle sync when it comes to my menstrual cycle. And it's so interesting, you guys, the impact that hormones have on our body, how strong we feel, how bloated or svelte we feel, how uh, all the things. It's genuinely so interesting. For anyone who's interested in that, um, DM me, no strings attached conversation if you just want to know kind of how I do my cycle tracking and stuff. I'll give a brief synopsis of it now, but I, I have a, a friend who's also a life coach. We have a call every Wednesday. Um, where we check in on a few things. One of the things we check in on is our finances because, you know, women deserve that money and we are trying to heal our relationship with money 
And it's such a beautiful healing thing to just not be afraid of money and not afraid of looking at your money and not fearful of budgeting and just knowledge when it comes to your finances. So empowering, highly recommend. But another thing that we do on that call, we call it a red tent check-in. And we have categories much like what I'm reading you today. Um, I know that I've talked about this in another episode, but I'm going to talk about it again because it's so cool. So I measure energy levels, uh, mental clarity. I measure how creative I'm feeling. Yes, you guys, that's cyclical. Okay. I measure my depression. I measure my anxiety. Um, I measure how sexy I feel. I, I make note, I like take inventory of my orgasms, which is so interesting and cool. Sometimes getting me to an orgasm takes um, way longer than other times. That's a cyclical thing. I tier my orgasms, tier one, tier two, tier three. Tier three is like the, I'm seeing visuals from other dimensions and I look like I'm having an exorcism. (laughs) That is a tier three. That is a cyclical thing when I experience those. You guys, it's so interesting. I track how I dress, how I dress literally changes depending where I'm at in my cycle. Um, This is no, you know, curiosity, but I, when I am ovulating, I'm more likely to wear jeans. I'm more likely to wear brighter colors. I'm more likely to wear like lipstick. You guys might've heard my episode from last week when I'm literally like singing on the pod. Cause I just was in that ovulation stage and I was fully dressed and, you know, wearing like a full blown outfit. And for someone who works from home, that's just not my experience every day. Like today I am in the week before my, uh, menstruation my my moon phase so I'm wearing I notice I'm wearing like darker kind of like comfier I'm wearing like a a dark loose comfy sweater like with comfy jeans so I'm literally in that like transition season from like ovulation to menstruation which is just so interesting um so I track all of these things and again I really need to reiterate none of this is coming from the space of like wanting to fix or change anything this is just information that I'm documenting and the longer that I I do it once a week every Wednesday every Wednesday afternoon and when I look back on you know notes that I've taken I pick up on trends and I'm able to literally get to know my body that in and of itself is my body communicating with me and me saying like heard heard sis I got you thanks for letting me know And I get to like treat her accordingly, depending on where I know she's going to be at. It's the coolest shit. It's the coolest shit on the planet. So how sexy do you feel? How strong do you feel? How balanced do you feel is an interesting indicator. How flexible do you feel? You guys, this is a real one. And this is not going to be this, this not going to be the same for everyone. You guys, okay? There's, there's nothing that I could say that could be a blanket statement appropriate for everyone who's going to listen to my words, Okay. But the, the quality of your shits is an interesting indicator of your health. What's, what's the quality like of, of the poops you're taking? How often, how often are you shitting? You know, what do they look like? What's, what's, the, how, what's, what's all the indicators? Color, consistency, all that stuff. Again, that's not going to be a thing for everyone. People struggle with uh, stomach issues and things like that all the time. I'm, the only thing I'm pointing to here is different perspectives of different things that you could look at when it comes to how you want to measure your health, depending on what goals you're actually wanting to achieve. I want to round out this conversation by saying the thing, you focusing solely on weight loss under the guise of focusing on your health 
is not actually doing anything good for you in the long run. I just, you know, if you hear that and you want me to go fuck myself, that's fine. I'm, I'm sick of sugarcoating it. You are digging yourself deeper into the bullshit every time you co-sign on some insane fad diet or drug or whatever. We require something different in order to feel fully fulfilled and loving towards our bodies. We have been conned by people who are making bank off of your insecurities into feeling this way about your body and your weight. And it is time for us to stop believing the bullshit and lining these assholes pockets and actually believing in ourselves and trusting yourself and your own intuition and your own body and the things that your body is telling you. That is the only thing you came to this earth with and it's the only thing you'll have when you leave it. If we can't trust that, if you're literally trusting a fucking random person on social media over that, that's a problem. That's a disconnect. That's, that's, that's you being misled, okay? You have so much wisdom inside your spirit and in your body. Take this as a sign. I, I'm, I'm sure that themes have been popping up around this for you left and right in your life. This is your sign. Fucking trust yourself. Your intuition is so important. You need to trust yourself. It is right. It is the right thing for you. I love you guys so much. I, I finally just want to leave you with the challenge. We're going to do A, B, or C challenge. You get to pick which one you're at depending on uh, where you're at in your life. Challenge A, if you are someone who weighs yourself every day or um, even multiple times a day, I want you, challenge A is to not weigh yourself for one week and just notice what comes up for you. We're not trying to fix or change anything. If you want to like write notes in your phone or if you want to, um, I don't know, like journal about it or whatever, just notice what happens for you and your brain. Notice what happens to your body. Notice what your brain is saying. Um, just, just kind of see what happens. If you're someone who weighs yourself like every once in a while, um, maybe like once a week or something, I want you to challenge yourself to not weigh yourself for one month. That's challenge B. Challenge B, you are not allowed to weigh yourself for one month. And same thing. I just want you to notice what happens. What are other things that you're focusing on? What are other indicators that you're focusing on? How have your goals shifted when your weight isn't your focus? You're a scientist. Write it all down. Take inventory. How interesting. Uh, challenge C. Throw that shit in the trash. Challenge C is to throw your scale in the trash or donate it. Uh, or maybe just throw it in the trash. <laughs> um, and just really ride the challenge of being committed to focusing on your health in the one to 10 millions of other ways that there are to focus on health. I haven't weighed myself in years and I've never felt more strong or balanced or healthier or connected to my body. It has eliminated so much drama from my brain 
and from my life. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt that that was one of the few decisions that I made that rocketed me into healing my body image and ultimately loving my body. It was a life-changing decision throwing my scale away. And that's not not an exaggeration, not even a little bit. There is so much value in the healing and the growth in this conversation. So don't just listen to these words, you guys. Fucking do something. Do something different. Get weird with it. If it scares you a little bit, it's, it's the right thing. So I triple dog dare you, bitch, she says with love. I really love and appreciate anyone and everyone who's listening to this, anyone who is subscribed to the podcast, um, anyone who's dropping reviews. You have no idea what that means to me. You guys are rock stars. Thank you so much. If you're not already subscribed um, to the Body I Love You podcast, I highly recommend that you do. I upload them in my brain. I upload them on Monday afternoons. But uh, if we're honest, it's usually by like, I don't know, Tuesday morning or something. It happens around that time. I'm, 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 you know, where I'm just trusting my flow state is, is really what that is. Also, um, if you want to leave reviews, that's actually huge uh, for, you know, getting eyes on this podcast as well. So if that calls to you, I would love it. It would mean the world. If you have been, um, you know, kind of in my sphere for a while and you, you know, like what it is that we have to say and you are curious about the Body I Love You course, we have one launching in just under two weeks on Thursday, January 25th. And again, you guys, this is a intimate group virtual six-week course. There is active coaching we talk about deep dives and active coaching and like having actual personal conversations with you about so many of the topics that we talk about in this podcast. It is so wildly healing and loving the connections that I see, the women who are in these groups make with one another and how healing it is just to like be in the presence of others having these conversations is so beautiful. It literally brings me to tears every single time. I have watched women dramatically change their relationship to their bodies and it has impacted their health, how they raise their kids, what their marriage is like, how they show up in their careers, how they show up in their dating lives, how they show up in you know physical fitness and how they treat themselves in general and how they talk to themselves. If you are even a little bit interested, I am so passionate about having this conversation with people. I'm more than happy to hop on a no-strings-attached conversation to answer any questions or concerns that you might have about the course. Um, and if it's not the right time for you to take it, it's not the right time. I have no qualms uh, you know, saying that. So if you are even a little curious, I am a safe space to come to and explore those curiosities. So like I said, it starts on January 25th. We have payment plans available. And you guys, I'm the owner of the business. I get to do whatever I want. And I love meeting people where they're at and supporting people in the way that they need to be supported. So I'm always here for open conversation with you. I appreciate each and every one of you who listened to this. I'm sending you so much love. Please take pristine care of yourselves this week. And I'll talk to you next time.